You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Everybody and welcome to Trophy Horrors. This is episode 488. I'm your host, Chicken Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, and the legend, it's Alex. We got some heavy shit on this show, Tricky Mick. Yes, we do. He brings the awesome, it's I Yield to No One. Four! Oh, you're gonna start with that shit already? That's all I'm gonna say. Well, when you okay. when you talk a bunch of shit and don't come through, Tricky, you're you're bound to uh, to catch some heat. All right, and we have a very special guest on the show. You've heard her on the show before. Uh, it is my good friend, Ro. Well, hello, hello. Ro, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. Glad to be on the show again. So I'm going to give you a chance to to pimp your show because the reason you're on the show is because you were on Twitch earlier uh, doing your own show with your sister, Amanda, and I really liked what you guys were saying. I thought you guys could bring some good insight to this topic because I knew – what our topic of the week was going to have to be, which is what you, you mean, guys were wait, discussing. Wait, do you mean more insight than three white dudes? Well, this has nothing to do with uh, racism. Well, no, I get that, but also, like, we're three, like, we, we was... maybe are not, we're not representative of the entire gaming community, given who we are. Well, this this actually has to do with more of a, a sexist issue and whatnot, so. And I am I sexy. It, yes, you are. That is something that none uh, of the three of us can claim. Well, I don't know about <laughs> you two, but... All right, so, Ro, like I said, I, I saw you on Twitch doing your show earlier, and so I want to give you a chance to pimp out your show and tell us every, tell everybody where they can find you, because I don't think we did that last time you were on the show. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. So, uh, previously I was doing a podcast with my sister, The Eshcast, which was an audio cast. We have since transitioned, and we started a year ago, Black and Pat, which is a streaming channel on Twitch, and our bi-weekly podcast, the Tribunal, where we talk about the entertainment industry, primarily the video game industry, through the lens of representation, diversity, and inclusion. Um, so, we, like I said, we've been doing that for a year now. Um, I'm, I'm very happy with the work that we're doing there. Uh, we also are now starting to talk about more, uh, I would say, mental health and wellness, as well as it relates in the gaming industry specifically. Um, and so we are on Twitch. Uh, we stream during the week just doing game and, and variety community things on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And then we do our show every other Sunday uh, and random streams. Uh, but we're also on all the social stuff. So Black and Pat everywhere. Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We're there doing the thing. Doing the thing. All right. So they are doing very good work. If you guys can go check them out. Uh, I checked them. I'm... Pretty regularly in the stream, but I go in to tell dad jokes, and then I leave normally. And we appreciate the dad jokes and puns. <laughs> I was going to ask, does uh, he leave because the dad jokes bomb out so much that he's like, well, rough crowd, no, I'm going to no, get out of no, here. I, I got I to give credit where credit is due. He usually brings the A game. They, they don't uh, appreciate my uh, sense of humor. I mean, that's just, you know, sad for them. 
Yes, very sad for them. Or I've I've just Our, heard it for now ten plus years, so I've been beaten over the that. head with it. That's also that's also a real valid fact. All right, let's do as we do every week and give you our updated trophy count. Uh, I am level 615 with total trophies of 14,313 with 267 platinums. Alex? Level 443, total trophy count of 7,308 and a platinum count of 112 platinums in 111 games. Yield? 450 is my level. 7524 is the trophy count and 129 platinums. And Sid is level 517 with total trophies of 10,456 with 179 platinums. I uh, believe that went up, did it? No. You you did the trophies. Did it go up? No. Did not. It did not. And Row. Hi. Uh, so I'm level 141. I have 468 trophies. No plats. All right. Now, before anybody gets on Row. I wasn't going to get to- on Row. No, I'm I'm talking about our listeners because oh. we have some uh, we have some uh, psychopaths out there. I say that with love and respect, by the way. Uh, Ro is primarily an Xbox uh, player. Yes, uh, she she's from the dark side. Uh, she's actually an Xbox MVP. So we have cookies and yeah. punch and pie. And, and uh, as I said earlier in your stream, I would not brag about being the MVP of the second best console. You know, I mean, hey, you do you, man. You know, uh, it's a judgment-free zone, my space, man. <laughs> All right, so let's get into what we're playing. Ro, let's start off with you. What have you been playing lately? Uh, let's see. So I have been playing Slime Rancher because that's my go-to happy uh, when I'm dealing with way too many things in the world to just kind of decompress. Uh, and I jump back into New Game Plus on Ghost of Tsushima. Ooh, that's what I'm playing, but we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, yield. Yo. So what have I been playing? Because you just said yield, so you can mean anything right now. I'm not giving in to you. You don't have to give in to me. I seriously asked a question. Follow, follow the yeah. logic of the breadcrumbs there, yield. Well, I'm trying to follow tricky logic. Anyway, so if you want to know what I've been playing. So I've been playing some World of Warship Legends, uh, Rocket League, whooping Tricky's tail in everybody's golf, Scully... Hell divers. And I think that's it. There might be another one in there. It'll come to me. All right. Alex? Uh, aside from what I've been playing for the last few months, I did jump back into the uh, into Streets of Rage 4 for the DLC, the uh, Mr. X's Nightmare DLC. And uh, so this adds three new playable characters, uh, Shiva, Max power, and then also it uh, adds Estelle Aguirre, and uh, so essentially three boss characters from the original game, and uh, and of course two of them are playable characters back from the old days on the Sega Genesis for Streets of Rage. They also added a new survival mode. Kind of, a lot of people are really warmly receiving this DLC, and I see why, but I'm a little disappointed because they didn't take time to. And I had read somewhere that they had added new levels, new bosses. That's not the case. So you get the new characters, you know, with their own move sets and everything. And, you know, the game still looks gorgeous, you know, love the, the soundtrack, and apparently, you know, the real hook is survival, uh, which is supposed to keep people coming back again and again, but the fact that they didn't uh, update the game and add new levels, new bosses, is a little bit of a disappointment for me, but uh, I started my playthrough with Max Power, and then afterwards I'm going to go through with Estelle and Shiva, and uh, yeah, so just more of 
Streets of Rage 4, and I will actually be earning some trophies soon. It's about damn time, sir. Yeah, I don't know when the last time I earned a trophy was. Too long. And I have been playing uh, some Division 2, some Rocket League. I got into Rock Band 4. Uh, being competitive with Yield in everybody's golf. Don't let him lie to you. He did have he did have two rounds where he whipped my butt, but there was also they were also very competitive. Uh, playing Walking Dead Michonne because I finished off the Walking Dead season two uh, for the backlog beatdown, and my backlog beatdown might take a, a backseat for a while because I am hooked on Ghost of Tsushima right now. Gee, if only you would have listened to Alex and I sooner. I never thought it was a bad game. I just had a problem with the controls for, for, for a while, and now that I've overcome that, uh, I'm really enjoying the game. I essentially have just finished the first island. I've been doing all the side missions, uh, and I just got to the second island. I'm doing all the side missions again, uh, finding all the foxes and all that stuff. I'm really enjoying it. I, I want to get this done before the uh, director's cut comes out, which has been a point of contention lately in the Trophy Horse community. Well, only because we misreported it a week too soon. I didn't misreport it. I said exactly what it was. You just weren't listening, sir. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Tricky, did you Uh, ever get over the issue you were having where you were dodging too far away from the enemies and then... No. Actually, I'm still having that problem, but... I've counteracted that with just uh, staying in the fight and just uh, timing the perfect parry. I was gonna say, which, just uh, sidestep. You can. You don't have to go backwards. You can always roll like kind of sidestep things too. Yeah, well, I, I just I don't know what why I'm rolling so far away, but it it doesn't matter because I got the I I was on a phone call with you and I was talking about how I didn't think I was gonna get the twenty perfect parry kills. I got that today, so that's out of the woods. So I think now I just gotta complete the game and get all the collectibles, and I'll have the platinum. Remember. If you start a side mission, complete that side mission. Don't go off and do something else because people have been locked out of that platinum trophy because of that. Ooh, that's, uh, I've done that. Have you still been able to complete the missions that you halted? I don't know because I, uh, I, I just started one side mission. I had to go back and get the mission where you have to get the six keys. I put that one on pause. I would say if you start a side mission, go ahead and complete it because... That is one glitch that I read uh, when my first time through Ghost Tsushima was that it would lock you out of some of those side missions if you went back to, say, like a main story mission. I thought they went back and patched that. Didn't we report that? Potentially. I don't know. I don't remember that. I'm just giving you a heads up just in case. I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, so that's what I've been playing. So you you are going to buy the DLC. You're going to get the director's cut. 100%. Okay. Uh, just because uh, one, I want to play on my PS5, uh, which I mean, which I'm doing anyway, because I'm playing on the I'm playing the PS4 version on my PS5. But yeah, uh, definitely loving this game and enough to support them with my money. Well, Rose said that she was jumping back into New Game Plus, and I'm interested to hear Rose's thoughts on Ghost of Tsushima because that was my favorite game of last year. That was my game of last year. So, yeah, I I absolutely love the game. I. I uh, played it uh, on my PS4, originally on my uh, big room TV, and so it was just absolutely stunning to look at. Uh, I spent more time doing side missions and just trying to bring more of the map into fruition before diving back into main missions. Um, so I was really excited when uh, I heard that they were going to be doing a director's cut um, just so that I could experience that on my PS5. So that's probably 
the next big thing that I, I'll be doing on stream is actually once the director's cut comes out is bringing that to the channel um, and forcing people to experience uh, that island with me because I'm down. I think Sucker Punch did an amazing job on on the story. If you don't play that game at least once or at least a few missions in Kurosawa mode, you're not doing yourself any favors. All right. So uh, just before we get into our topics proper, uh, just want to go over the Ghost of Tsushima confusion that we had last week and in the Facebook group. A lot of people are not understanding uh, through the comments that me and Yield and Alex had last week, there's some confusion about the way the DLC works. So just to break it down this way easily, if you own the PlayStation 4 version now, it's going to cost you $20 for the DLC, which is going to give you the new island, the new outfits, and all that stuff. If at that point... You want the PlayStation 5 version of the game. It's going to cost you an additional $10. Some people are thinking that there's going to be a PlayStation 5 core game. The only version on the PS5 version that's coming out is the Director's Cut. You could buy that. You could buy Ghost of Tsushima for $60. And the Director's Cut for $60, if you don't own the game, you could buy the Director's Cut for the PlayStation 5 for $70 if you do not own the game. But if you already own it on the PS4, it's going to cost you $20 for the DLC, which gives you all the other stuff. And then which if you gives want... You an F- which gives you the island, the, the new outfits, and all the other accessories. If at that point, and only after you purchase that $20 DLC, can you then upgrade to $10 to the PlayStation 5 version. So... Just to clarify the way that works, because a lot of people were thinking that you could buy the base game on the PS5, and that's not that? possible. There was there was somebody left a comment to me saying that I want the PlayStation 5, but I don't want the DLC version. How much is it going to cost me to upgrade? Oh, and okay. that's not possible. I got you. I was gonna say I always figured there they wouldn't be a base game; there would just be the director's cut version. Right. So, I mean, and a lot of people are getting confused, uh, I, I, in my opinion, when they hear in Director's Cut. Director's Cut is just another word for Game of the Year edition. That's just, think about it like that. That's the simplest way to understand it. So, all right, now that we got that out of the way. Also, I think that, you know, there was some confusion in the group about, pe- like, some people feel like they held stuff back from Ghost of Tsushima to later release in a Director's Cut to sell us more, which, as Rose said, Ghost of Tsushima is a beautiful game. It is a very full game. You don't have... It's like... there. It looks like... You never feel like anything was cut out of this game to sell to us later. It is a full game. You don't need to play the other island in order to have the full experience. So, I... Anyone who's confused or thinks that they cut out... They were holding to the back. I think that's... It's wrong. Like, this was a fantastic game. Game of the Year candidate. Beautiful. Like, nothing... Nothing about it was like, you know... You know... Uh... Silver medal. I, I don't know how to put that, but basically, if you think that this wasn't the best possible game they could have put out at the time, then I think you're wrong. No, I do think that this was added on because they were doing a director's cut. Absolutely. I think the same thing. Agreed. All right. So get let's get into our topics here. Uh, Dead Space Remake has officially been announced. It's coming to the PlayStation 5, ser- Xbox Series, to PC. And a lot of people, I saw some people thinking that this was Dead Space 4. No, this is a remake of the very first Dead Space game. 
Announced during EA Play 2021, following the previous rumors of a Dead Space remake, EA confirmed Motive is currently working on a Dead Space 1 remake, set for release on the 5, the Series X, X and S, and the PC. No official release date or window was given, but the first teaser trailer offered in-game look at the mood and tone Motive is trying to strive with the capture of the remake. Dead Space will be rebuilt from the ground up in the Frostbite engine, with developers looking to take advantage of the advanced SSDs, 3D audio, and more new tech of the latest console generation to bring Isaac's journey ab- aboard the USG. I can't say that word. There you go. To life once again. Uh, obviously, this article is coming from IGN because that's where we always get our sources from, and it's written by Jonathan Dornbush. And attached to this, it was also announced, and I'm not going to read the article, but Dead Space Remake will not have microtransactions. So I leave the floor up to you folks. What do you think about Dead Space? Because I could care less. I mean, I love Dead Space 1 and 2. I think they definitely took a a wrong turn when it came to Dead Space 3, and they even talked about the article that you mentioned about microtransactions, about how they had microtransactions into into Dead Space 3. And EA Motive was taking lessons learned from, from missteps, with the original series, and try not to do that. Obviously, them making a co-op game out of Dead Space 3 and making it more action-oriented. You know, we saw it in something like Resident Evil as well. You know, for a survival horror series, that's never the best turn. So hopefully, you know, they're doing their best to kind of avoid those missteps and make, you know, a true reboot to Dead Space that, you know, is actually a survival horror game that people want to play that, you know, has the great sound design where, you know, you're in the middle of space alone and you feel isolated and terrified and short of ammo you know, really just the original reason that people wanted to play those games. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad, though, to me, because it's like Dead Space and Dead Space 2 were such great games, and the fact that they're now just rebooting them, I don't know. It kind of, that makes me sad, because it, it shows just how off the rails they went with Dead Space 3, and how great that series was, and then EA just kind of got in their own way and had to mess with the formula a little bit too much. But I'm, I I will buy the Dead Space reboot because I, I love that game series, and I hope they show the series more respect. You know, they had a lot of respect for the series when it first started, and then, you know, as we saw it go on, they tried to change it to something that wasn't. But uh, I, I'm definitely excited to step back aboard the US, uh, USG Ishimura. And they did talk about how they wanted to take, you know, some of the Zero-G segments from some of the other games and put them into one. So the, the, first, the story in one is canon, and they're kind of just going from there. But they also want to add some of the other elements into the from the the uh, later games of the series into the first game. So, all right, Ro. So I I am not a fan of the Dead Space games. However, I do think that it's a great game to actually be remade and come into the current gen systems. I think that you know, looking at the success of remakes like Final Fantasy VII, I I think that this will be a way to introduce the franchise in a good way to a whole new set of gamers um, that the genre really needs right now. Cause I, I feel like outside of, you know, resident evil village, I, I, I don't know that we've had a really good survival horror game in like a while. So I think that it's a really good thing to do if it's done really well. And I think that it's smart that there's not going to be microtransactions in it because I think that that really did mess up the franchise, the introduction of micro, microtransactions in 3. So I think that they're all positive steps in the right direction. 
I do want to read from uh, from an article, the, the Dead Space article, about the microtransactions by Don- Jonathan Dornbrush. It says, Reversing course from the controversial inclusion of microtransactions to Dead Space 3, developers of the upcoming Dead Space remake have no intention of ever adding microtransactions to the game. Uh, so, we've heard before, like with Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, that it didn't launch with microtransactions, and Activision, Activision and they have no later, intention of doing it. Activision later put them in there, so the fact that he said, and this may just have been Don- Jonathan Dornbrush's words, but Maybe he chose a poor choice of words there, but no intention scares me a little bit because it's not as final as we're not putting microtransactions in the game. They said they're building the game so it doesn't need microtransactions, but it does kind of scare me that... Because that, that, just that wording gives me a sense that they could always put them... Flip the switch! Yield, what do you think about this uh, Dead Space remake? So are we just doing one or are we, just, are we doing all of them? I think just I think the they're gonna. I right think now. they're gonna just plan for one now and then build off of that. Okay, so this is an actual reboot because Alex said reboot, or are they just remake? Are they just remaking the first one? If it sells well, we'll remake the second one, or are they rebooting the series with one? Ba- based on what this I've read, it remake. seems like that the first series kind of went off the rails, and they want to you know reboot the series so that they can basically take what they've learned from the first time around and then make this one better. So, okay, okay you hold, hold on. You keep saying remake or reboot. This is a remake. They're not they're not redoing the story. They're taking the first game and polishing it up basically. But I think they're also including things from later in the series, so Oh, I mean, I don't know. I so this is not going to be a we're going to do this series over again. No, this is just they're taking the first game, polishing it, and putting it out. Okay, but if they, I don't know why they wouldn't be. If you're going to revive Dead Space, and especially, I mean, we've seen Hollywood with movies and stuff in the film industry. Like there is a desire for the horror movie. We've had kind of a horror movie renaissance over the last five years within Hollywood. I don't know if you're just remaking this one game. I don't think that's taking full advantage of Dead Space in the way you should, and just reboot the entire series. Because obviously, with survive with Resident Evil having such success with Biohazard and now Village, why wouldn't you just reboot the series? Remake the first one and just reboot the series and start over. All right. I'm sorry, Yield. We kind of cut you off there. No, no, that was fine. That was the, that, I was just asking those questions. I mean, you know, the series is very much loved, so I don't have a problem with them. I've never played Dead Space, so I can't speak of I'm excited or I hate it. I just, it, it's a very loved franchise and, you know, it was it was what for the three, the what one what for the four was it or was it early four? No, it came. It, it was for the three. The first all three for games three? were the, for the three. Okay, then I'm perfectly fine with this because this is a you know two generations ago. This isn't a game that came out twelve months ago and we're porting it over. I got more annoyed with those. All right. Uh, before we move on, we just have to run one quick ad. This portion of the show is brought to you by Amazon. If you could and would, please stop by Proven Gamer first and click on any Amazon link and continue with your normal shopping. It doesn't cost you anything extra and helps out the site tremendously. All right, Yield, it's time to talk about your former favorite game or former favorite anticipated game. There you go. Skull and Bones. There you go. There you go. I read the article earlier and I'm just sad where this game is gone. All right, Skull and Bones, this is coming from IGN and is written by Joe Screbbles. Skull and Bones has finally reached Alpha, but has reportedly been a long, hard road. 
After a reported eight years in development, Ubisoft's Skull and Bones has reached alpha, a term generally used to uh, denote that the game is in a playable state even if the assets aren't complete. A new report seems to lay bare how many issues it's faced in getting to that point from beginning life as an Assassin's Creed Black Flag expansion to only remaining in existence because of a deal with the government of Singapore. In a response from a lengthy report from Kotaku, an Ubisoft spokesperson told the publication that Skull and Bones team are proud of the work they've accomplished on the project since their last update with the production just passed an alpha and are excited to share more details when the time is right. Kotaku sources say that it's been prototyped in multiple settings like the Caribbean, the Indian Ocean, and a fantasy world called Hyperborea, which I probably just butchered and mispronounced, and has seen multiple game structures, including the ship-based multiplayer sh- shooter shown at E3 2017, which is when you were in, uh, intrigued by it, Yield, to the PvE experience shown at E3 2018, as well as been tested like a survival-like experiences, roguelike elements, and live service ideas. One idea apparently included in the floating base described as a cathedral on water, and the game has shifted between playing as a pirate and simply controlling a boat. The final shape of the game isn't yet clear, but moving into alpha suggests it does now have a final expected form. Multiple changes have reportedly seen hundreds of employees working to certain goals and an estimated production cost of exceeding $120 million. One Kotaku source explains that any other publisher would have canceled the game multiple times at this point, but others claim that a deal between Ubisoft and the Singapore government has forced the project to stay alive, with the lead studio Ubisoft Singapore required to launch original games in the coming years in return for payments. Sue. This is getting a lot bigger story than just a delayed game that's fallen into development hell. Now, apparently, they have to complete it. Now, they have to complete it because of a deal they made with Singapore. Ro, have you heard anything about this at all? So, I'm very familiar with Skull and Bones. I actually went hands-on with it at a Ubisoft um, event in 2018. Um, And actually talked with some of the the team there from... uh, the Singapore group. Um, I even have a Skull and Bones t-shirt from that event. Uh, And I'm really sad about everything that's happened with this game uh, because even with the limited time that I had hands-on with it, it was a lot of fun. Like, it legitimately was all the fun stuff from the pirate ship battles um, from Black Flag. But they still, as I talked with the developers that were there and the PR people that were there, they, at that point, still didn't really have a clear idea of ultimately what they wanted the game to be or how it was going to play. You know, you basically had a uh, experience where you could battle another ship, but they had no idea, like, how they were going to incorporate islands or what the overall story was. Were you going to be making your own character? Or was there, like, some ultimate big bad and how many battles they wanted? And to be at that point where you were showing something hands-on and still have a whole lot of questions that you can't answer about the direction of the game really scared me at that point. Um... But the hands-on piece was so solid that I was like, they'll figure it out, and this game will be out in a couple of years. And here we are with, you know, hardly any word up now until this story. So, um, you know, companies that make deals in, in order to, you know, get breaks on taxes and things like that for development, that's nothing new. But the fact that this game is still at this point really not developed 
really <laughs> is uh, scary. Like to be 120 mil in and you don't even know what the final product's going to look like. That's that's a real problem, and I don't know how you market your way out of that hole. <laughs> You make more money on Assassin's Creed. You try to make as much money as possible on Assassin's Creed to overtake that. I, from hearing what Rose said, it's kind of like they they thought it's like okay, this is a really fun aspect of Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and we can you know let's turn this into its own game. But then they got into the nuts and bolts of it, and they didn't exactly know how to do that or make it a full game. Yeah, I just right, I, I I just sorry, I just I feel like. You know, that that's really what happens. Like, this mechanic is great. People love this mechanic. We could actually expand and make this a game. But I feel like at the time, the, the group that they got together, Yubi was so strapped that they didn't really bring on a writer or a narrative, pe- you know, group to actually drive what is the game going to be. And you can't just make a mechanic a game and it work. I mean, they did say this was going to be DLC for Black Flag. That kind of morphed into its own game. Initially, yeah. So, But it also right, seems yield, somewhere between DLC and a full game. Yield, uh, I know you've spoken on Skull and Bones many times, but now he, after hearing what Ro has said and what this article says, what are your thoughts now, sir? I was excited for the game that I was shown six years ago. Like I said, the game's dead to me now. You, you really have to come out and... and knock my socks off with this next reveal that you do to make me interested in it. Because it sounds like to me you've just trashed this game, and what I was initially sold for Skull and Bones has totally morphed into something else. So when you come out and go, hey, here's Skull and Bones, I'm going to be like, that's not Skull and Bones. I think at this point, just getting the game out onto stores and onto the digital marketplace is going to be a win for Ubisoft. Because once they can get this in their on the you know in the rear view, they're probably gonna be much happier. All right, let's move on to our next topic here. This is also coming from IGN and is written by Joe Scribbles. Tencent is set to buy the Sumo Group, which owns Sumo Digital, which made Sackboy a big adventure and Crackdown Three, the Chinese Room, everyone's constant rapture, and Dear Esther, and more in a one point two seven billion dollar deal. As reported by Games Industry, the Chinese entertainment giant, which already wholly owns Riot Games and forty percent of Epic Games, has backed Sumo Group's approach on the work for hire projects. While Sumo Studios have created their own IP over the years, the group is best known for talking on pro- taking on projects from other companies, which led to it working on major licenses like Sonic and Sackboy, among others. Uh, Sumo CEO Carl Cavers has said, quote, The opportunity to work with Tencent is one we just couldn't miss. It would... It would bring another dimension to Sumo, presenting opportunities for us to truly stamp our mark on this amazing industry in ways that have previously been out of reach, end quote. Uh, Tencent's Chief Strategy Officer James Mitchell wrote, quote, Tencent intends to bring its expertise and resources to accelerate the growth of Sumo both in the UK and abroad, supporting Sumo in the market for top-notch top-notch creative talent, and the UK as a hub for game innovation. We believe the proposed transaction benefits all stakeholders, delivers compelling value to Sumo shareholders while enhancing the Sumo business for the future, end quote. So, uh, is it good news or bad news for Alex? I mean, I know there are a lot of mixed feelings about Tencent in general, 
because of how much of the market share they have over there in China. I mean, basically a monopoly. And I don't think that people truly understand how much Tencent owns or how much they have, you know, how many pots they have their hands in. Uh, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of Sumo Digital. So anything that they do, if they were to be bought by Tencent, like, I it doesn't really affect me because I don't play a ton of their games. But I think that Tencent, the bigger Tencent gets, the bigger the issue gets because you have to wonder if they own too much of the entertainment market space. I mean, you, I mean, you, already, you think about how many companies are out there and it's like, well, can anyone truly be a monopoly in the digital marketplace? But the fact that they are so big in China, like it, for them to accumulate more and more is kind of a, a concern. But I, I think them buying Sumo is not as big as, you know, say them trying to buy Microsoft or something like that. Yield? Your thoughts, sir? I, Alex pretty much hit the nail on the head. All right. And Row. I The only question that I, I have, because, you know, I fall also into the same camp of being concerned with just how many pots Tencent actually has their grubby hands on, is what is their plan actually at the acquisition? Are they going to be focusing Sumo on trying to acquire even more uh, third-party type projects? Are they going to be working with them on IP? Because if this is just them trying to get a stranglehold on being the biggest, baddest outsourcer for existing titles, that's very concerning. Um, to me personally, versus them saying, look, we're going to go into this and we wanted them to continue what they're doing with that, but we want to develop more, you know, independent, you know, in-house IP. I think I would feel more comfortable and positive about the story because right now I, I don't have any positive feelings about it. Well, and for Sumo, this is probably a good thing because it gives you a big parent company to like kind of give you some kind of financial stability. But, you know, when Sony bought Housemark. You know, you saw people like they like people um, in some of the Facebook groups we're in. Uh, they were talking about how they didn't want to see any more, you know, all these studios purchased because there's kind of this arms race they perceive between Sony and Microsoft about all these studios they were buying up. But if you're if you're concerned about Sony buying Housemark and an arms race between you know Sony and Microsoft, then you should really be concerned about anything that Tencent buys at this point. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I just looked up Tencent on Wikipedia. Now we know Wikipedia is not the exact best source of information. But uh, under their Wikipedia page, I'm going to read off some notable names and tell you how much Tencent actually owns of that company. Riot Games, 100%. Funcom, 100%. Supercell, 84%. Grinding Gear Games, 80%. Epic Games, 40%. Uh, going down here, Bluehole Studios, the people uh, that made um, PUBG, 11.5%. Sumo Group, 8.75%. Activision Blizzard, 5%. Ubisoft, 5%. Paradox Interactive, 5%. Remedy Entertainment, 3.8%. Uh, let's see. Discord, they, they doesn't say. Roblox, Roblox, they own. And Platinum Games, they partly own. And also, That's don't they, don't they, games. aren't they like a partner with Reddit as well? Uh, it does not say here. Uh, former investments include uh, they had a 14.46 stake in uh, EA. Um, they had invested in PlayDots, which was acquired by Twig 2 Entertainment, so they originally owned that. Um, it doesn't say anything about... No, that's all it says here. Uh, so uh, I, on The Verge, uh, there's an article from 2019 that says Reddit gets a $150 million investment from Tencent. Um, so... It seems like Tencent is uh, 
uh, at least putting some money behind Reddit. Uh, that okay, that it doesn't say anything on Wikipedia. So, but I mean, that, the, the problem with Tencent, I, I, I believe you. I'm just saying, I, I didn't yeah, but just the problem with Tencent is they don't have any competition in China. Like they are the thing in China. All right. Well, speaking of things and things the gaming industry needs, we're going to move on to our next article, which is written by uh, Taylor Lies from IGN. Uh, I, think, I think this is going to start a little bit of a conversation because uh, it's, you know, frustration for all of us. The chip shortage that's affecting every part of gaming could drag into 2023. Uh, within the last year, the chip shortage has caused strains on numerous industries, including gaming. If you're hoping to easily secure a PS5 or an Xbox Series or an RT, uh, RTX 30 graphic cards, it likely won't happen until 2023. During Intel's Q2 earnings call, CEO expects the ship, chip shortage to continue well into 2022, with supply issues stretching into 2023. Quote, while I expect the shortages to bottom out in the second half, it will take another one to two years before the industry is able to completely catch up with demand, the CEO said during the call. This is not the first time we hear about the chip shortage will stick around longer than we hoped and will worsen before they get be- better. In May, NVIDIA CEO said that he anticipates the supply shortages for the RTX 30 series to last until the second half of this year. In that same month, Sony's CFO said during an earnings call that the company is expecting PlayStation 5s to remain in limited supply into 2022. So... The, Ro, I'm going to go to you because we've actually spoken on this topic many times. But uh, is this something that is is it arguably enough to say that Sony or an Xbox should have just delayed their consoles until supply is better, or were they still smart to launch them when they did? I think that they were still smart to to launch them when they did because, frankly, we were already as consumers in a fervor about these boxes, right? And no one could have planned or foreseen that the pandemic was going to happen and we were going to have these shortages that we were having um, with production issues. So you, from a marketing perspective, from a business perspective, you know – it's it was absolutely the right move to make because both of them because of the shortages that are that are here they have actually been able to frankly build more excitement for both their boxes right um which from a marketing perspective like you can't pay for that kind of of push right everyone is still like desperately trying to get one and they're going to continue to desperately try to get these boxes as we go into holiday so i i absolutely think that it was the right strategy for them to release the boxes when they did. I think that they could have absolutely approached the rollouts better because of all the bot systems that have been out there, you know, making it very difficult for real human beings to get the boxes. Uh, I think that they're getting better and better with, you know, the direct and being able to get systems through the Xbox Insider program um, on console now to to ease that. But it, it was the right move. I think the difficulty is going to be in now going into 2022 and 2023 when people are frankly more out and about and are also expecting production to be better because we see it in other verticals that it's getting better that since it's not going to catch up that fast that that's going to create frustration and problems no i i agree i think that you know for Sony and Microsoft to be able to look that forward into the future and know how long this chip problem was going to persist, the semiconductors, was just 
they couldn't do that. They never could have. So it's like, okay, well, we have this technology ready. Do we not ship what we have and then let kind of the, the fervor take over where, you know, yeah, like people can't get it. So potentially they want it even more than they thought they would. But like, asking Sony and Microsoft to at least see that far out and to see how bad the problem was going to be, it's you really can't do that. So I agree. They should have launched the consoles when they did. And, um, you know, people have kind of blasted Sony a bit because, like, it's like, well, a lot of the what we thought were going to be exclusives for the PS5 are now coming to the PS4. You know, when Forbidden West was announced, you know, they, they did that whole presentation where they showed off a bunch of their new games. And then they said off, off um, of the... Uh, off the stage that yeah some of the they confirmed that some of these including forbidden west were going to be playable on the four as well and people were like well you guys are kind of undercutting you're cutting the legs off of the ps5 because now people can play on the four what is the incentive necessarily to graduate to the ps5 and i think as we've seen heard that the new god of war is going to be coming out ragnarok is going to be coming out for the four it's really them trying to dance around this problem they're, it's their solution and be more uh show some of their agility and their ability to kind of cope with the problem that they currently have is that we need people to buy these games. We want people to buy these games. So we're going to have to make them playable on multiple consoles. The, you know, I guarantee we would not have seen Ragnarok on the 4 or Forbidden West on the 4 if they were able to get more PS5s out. But this is kind of just their solution to getting around the fact that they just can't get PS5s out there. And it's not a Sony-specific problem. It's a problem for a lot of different industries. So I think that Sony has done a good job or as the best job as they can trying to get you know enough, maybe not make... PS5 owners feel cheated because everything is coming to the 4, because obviously Ratchet and Clank Returnal, they're only on the 5, but making some of the bigger games, like Forbidden West and God of War, be available to PlayStation 4 users because they just simply, like, people may want the 5, they just can't buy one. So, that is one thing that I've seen is, as, as more has come to light, and we realize the full scope of the problem, it's like, well, maybe people shouldn't be getting on Sony's case so much because they're just trying to make these games available to more people. Yield, sir, I know that you, I mean, Maybe by now you wouldn't have bought a PlayStation. I think you're waiting even longer than I am, um, even though you do want to play Ratchet and Clank. But kind of, you know, news coming to light that we're going to have to wait potentially even longer to get PS5s. Um, how do you how do you feel about that? Because it's not just a problem of like you know we've had conversations about well Sony's making all these new different controllers and people are like just make PS5s. Well, that's not really the problem. It's the fact that they and in so many industries they can't get their hands on the chipset. So like how do you how do you you feel any differently now after hearing this most recent news? Are you kind of like frustrated because you're like, well, you know, maybe next year I want to buy a PS5 and I can't get my hands on one? Well, you're right that no one could predict that the factory where the superconductors were made burnt to the ground and then you had Corona on top of it. And so, really, whoever screams loudest is probably going to get the shipment at that time. Um, it sucks because most of the fives and the S's that hit the market are getting gobbled up by bots and people who are selling them for 800 to 1500 or more. So it is annoying with the fact that if I did want to go get one, you can't find one. Or at least not find one where you're going to spend an arm and a leg. But to, to be fair, I did have a couple friends of mine uh, that I work with. They were able to get their hands on the PS5. Um, they had to buy a bundle pack from GameStop. But they were, through some diligence, that they were checking almost daily. So they were putting in the work. They were able to find one. Um, so you can find some if they're if they're out there. But you're going to have to, you know, keep on the on Twitter and when people restock stuff. You're, you're not going to just have, mosey on into a Target and find one. So if you want one, you're going to definitely have to pay attention and put it in. Yeah. 
Yeah, because every time I walk my way into Walmart or something, I, okay, let's see if there's actually one there. Oh, no, there's a ton of controllers. A couple weekends ago, I was just happy to see a Switch in the Target. See, I, I, but also when you go into stores like the, the Walmart, the Targets and all this stuff, I, I, I'm i not going to throw shade at anybody for running the game, but there are employees that are keeping things in the back stock, buying them, and then selling, reselling them on eBay. Do you not think that that's every, any retailer that sells a PS5 or an Xbox Series X, don't you think that they're all doing that? I'm, oh, absolutely. Can you blame but them when people are buying them for 1500 plus? I can't blame them at all, but I, I think it's a shitty practice. I mean... If you get your hands on it legit, you know, then and you want to resell all the power to you, but but you know, I'm gonna because uh, it just came back to the mic. I just want to ask you a question because I kind of missed mo- some of the conversation. Uh do you think that if we weren't having these chip issues, we'd still have the problems of buying them with the, the scalpers buying them all? I don't think it would be as bad because supply would be higher than demand. See, now demand is higher than supply. So and, and people aren't willing to sit and wait. If people were willing to sit and wait and not, God, I'll give you your thousand dollars for your five. Chance. Yeah, if if people wouldn't spend the thousand fifteen hundred or more to the scalpers, they would have to bring their price down on the consoles that they're sitting on. We were talking. I was talking with a buddy over the weekend, and he he's looking to get one. Or I got another two buddies that are looking to get one. And he said he's been he's following all the social media. So that way, when it says, hey, Best Buy has it in stock, it's going to be in stock at 3 o'clock. Okay. You know, he's been trying to grab one. He's looked at, you know, uh, eBay, and there's a guy, supposedly, that's got like 15 of them, but he wants like 1,000 plus per. That's I mean, I mean, I mean, it's insane, but on, on the other side of the coin, I can go, hey, bravo for... You were able to snag 15 of them, supply and demand. You can charge what you want, but I'm not paying that. Make them, make them eat them. But there's not enough people willing to do that. Yeah, I mean, obviously new consoles are always in demand because you have a huge user base from the old generation, and then, you know, a good amount of them are looking to buy a new console when it comes to market. But this this generation, it, it's worse than ever. Uh, because if, like, for some... I look at the situation as like, I'm not even going to try because I know it's just not going to be there. And, you know, I, I can wait. But, you know, you figure, you know, in previous years, you know, the PS2, PS3, PS4, you know, six months later, eight months later, you could find a console if you wanted one. So I think this this console generation, for obvious reasons and for multiple reasons, is just worse than any other in this degree. All right. Anybody want to make any final comments before we move on to our topic of the week? I'll take the silence as a new. This portion of the show is brought to you by Twitch Prime. Did you know that Amazon gives you $5 to give to your favorite streamer every month? If you link your Amazon Prime account with Twitch, you can sub to any Twitch page for free. You have to renew it every month. Otherwise, Amazon is just going to keep your money, though. So remember. So why not just give it to us instead? Or give it to Ro. I'll take it. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if we deserve it. Hey, I do some good quality streaming. I enjoy all, all of the Rocket League that I watch on your channel, guys. Aww. Hopefully, hopefully Ro was not watching this past week, because we had a rough week this past week. I I was not watching this past week. Oh, good, you didn't miss anything. It it was rough. (laughs) 
All right, so this our topic of the week. It has to do everything going on with Activision and Blizzard. So there are two uh, parts of this article. First one is the news story about how Activision Blizzard is being sued over quote frat boy and quote culture harassment. Uh, this is coming from BloombergLaw.com and is written by uh, Maeve Olsup. A-A-A-L-L-S-U-P. So go give that a- article a click. Now, I'm going to try to go through this as quickly as possible just to get the news out there. Uh, video game giant Activision Blizzard, maker of video games including World of Warcraft and Diablo, forces a, quote, fat boy, end quote, culture in which female employees are subjected to constant sexual harassment, unequal pay, and retaliation, according to the lawsuit filed by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. A two-year investigation by the state agency found that the company discriminated against female employees in terms and conditions of employment, including compensation, assignment, promotion, and termination. Company leadership consistently failed to take steps to prevent discrimination, harassment, and retaliation, the agency said. According to the complaint filed Tuesday in the Los Angeles Superior Court, female employees will make up around 20% of the Activision Activision workforce and are subjected to, quote, pervasive frat boy workplace culture, end quote, including, quote, cube crawls in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through the various cubicles in the office and often engage in inappropriate behavior towards female employees, end quote. The agency alleges that male employees play video games during the workday while delegating responsibilities to female employees, engage in sexual banter, and joke openly about rape and other things. Female employees allege being held back from promotions because of the possibility they may become pregnant, being criticized for leaving to pick up their children from daycare, and being kicked out of lactation rooms so male colleagues could use the room for meetings, the complaint says. Female employees working for the World of Warcraft team noted that the male employees and supervisors would hit on them, make derogatory comments about rape, and otherwise engage in demeaning demeaning behavior. The suit also points to a female activist employee who took her own life while on a company trip with her male superior. The employee had been subjected to intense sexual harassment prior to her death, including having nude photos passed around the company holiday party. The agency seeks an injunction, forcing compliance with workplace protections, as well as unpaid wages, pay adjustments, and back pay and lost wages and benefits for female employees. Quote, we value diversity and strive to foster a workplace that offers inclusivity for everyone. There is no place, for the, no place in our company or industry or any industry for sexual misconduct or harassment of any kind. End quote. A spokesperson for Activation Blizzard said in a statement. We take every allegation seriously and investigate all claims in cases related to misconduct. Action was taken to address the issue, end quote. Another quote, the DFEH includes distorted, yes, distorted and in many cases false descriptions of Blizzard's past. We have been extremely cooperative with the DFEH throughout the investigation, including providing them with intensive data and ample documentation, but they refused to inform us of what issues they perceived, end quote. The statement continued. So, that's the first part. Does anybody want to comment on that before we move on to activation, uh, Activision's response? I think we should just hit this as a whole, so why don't you go ahead and do that other thing? <laughs> okay. Uh... Okay, so Blizzard President 
J. Allen Brack has emailed the staff at a company addressing the recent lawsuit calling the reported behavior, uh, uh, quote, completely unacceptable and pledging to discuss issues with employees to help the company move forward. Obtained by and posted by Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier, the email does not address the, the specifics of open legal case brought on against Activation Blizzard, but Brack discusses, quote, iterating on our culture, end quote, and a, commit, quote, commitment to continuous improvement. Now, this is a little small, so I'm going to try to go through this as po- fast as possible. Uh, here we go. Uh, hello, Blizzard. This is all in the email, so this is one long quote. Hello, Blizzard. I have personally had a, lo- a lot of emotions coming out yesterday, and I know you do too. The allegations and hurt of current and former employees are extremely troubling. I know many of you would like to receive more clarity. While I cannot comment on the suspicious—I can't ever say that word—specifics of the case as an open investigation, what I can say is the behavior detailed in the allegations is completely unacceptable. It goes without with saying it is completely unacceptable for anyone in the company to face discrimination or harassment. It goes with saying that everyone should feel safe working here, whether we are on a campus at BlizzCon or working from home. It goes with saying it takes courage to come forward and all claims brought to the company are investigated by internal and, when needed, external investigators. We take claims very seriously. Claims can be made without retaliation, and many times I attend to them personally along with other leaders. Stepping back, when I talked with Bobby about taking this job, one of the first things I mentioned was reverted saint of the Brack household, Goya Steinem. Growing up, the value of women as equals, understanding the work that had been done for equal treatment, and the fact that there was still much to do were common themes. This is just one of the reasons why the fight for equality is incredibly important to me. People with different backgrounds, views, and experiences are essential for Blizzard, our teams, and our player community. I disdain, quote, bro culture, end quote, and spent my, my career fighting against it. Iterating on our culture with the same intensity that we bring to our games is imperative. With our values acting as our North Star, this is some of the most important work we do as professionals and human beings. A company is more of a legal construct that exists as a piece of paper in a filing cabinet in Delaware. The people that work at the company make it what it is. Through their actions and creations, each of us plays a role in maintaining a place of safety for one another. It is up it is also up to each one of us to continue to craft the blizzard we want and commit to our part to keeping blizzard great and inspiring for more. The leadership team and I will be meeting with many of you to answer questions and discuss how we can move forward. In the meantime, I want you to know that you can talk to any manager, an HR partner, and any member of the legal team, or to anyone on the executive team, including Hey Jay. If you feel more comfortable talking about someone outside of Blizzard or prefer to be anonymous, you can contact Way to Play Integrity Line. I feel sad, angry, and a host of emotions, but I also feel grateful to work alongside a set of leaders and thousands of employees who join in the commitment to continuous improvement. Thank you, Blizzard JAB. Bro, I'm going to leave the floor up to you, girl. Okay. Um, I can use adult language, right? We are an uncensored okay, podcast. Bullshit. Absolutely bullshit. Um, so, and I, I say that from a place of love and understanding. And what I mean by that is that is absolutely crisis management language. 101. Um, 
especially as, you know, there are already articles that have surfaced with the interview where J.A.B. himself engaged and said frat boy type language as uh, he was being asked a question at, I think it was a GDC panel that he and another person who was pointed out by name um, in the suit uh, were being asked by a woman, you know, um, loving all the diversity that there was with female characters um, in the game, but asking, you know, when there could possibly be some development of maybe some some characters that maybe didn't look like they walked out of a Victoria's Secret uh, catalog. And the first response by uh, Afsabi was, okay, well, what catalog should they come out of then? And uh, J.A.B. laughed and was like, I don't know, like the, the cow one... Um, what catalog do they come out of? And Afrasabi was like, not one that you look at. And he was like, sexy, sexy cow monthly or something like, like, so you don't get to make a statement like that and quote, that Gloria Steinem was part of your household when you make jokes like that. And we have that video and we have that audio. So no, sir, I don't buy your bullshit. Um, at all, at all. Um, it's, I, there are a lot of things that are, are in the case. I've, I have actually gone through, um, most of the suit, uh, it's publicly available so you can see everything that, uh, the DEFH is, is claiming, um, just so that I had all of my ducks in a row for our show that we did earlier today. And the stuff that is in there is absolutely appalling and disgusting. And no, there's, if any of those things are true, there, you don't have an environment there at Activision where people can openly go to any management to discuss any issues without fear of retaliation. Um, there are many documented items in the suit of retaliation from being selected first for layoffs to not being selected for permanent positions. So going from temp to perm where people were passed over the, not getting bonuses or promotions. Um, there's a lot that is wrong, but it's not just at Activision Blizzard, right? Like we have heard almost an exact same type of environment at UB. We've heard worse things out of specifically just Riot by itself a few years ago. This is a pervasive thing within the industry. And to say that you are surprised and shocked and hurt. No, sir, you are not. I don't buy it. All right. Let's give the floor to somebody else for right now. Yield, let's ask you, what are your thoughts on all this? Well, I mean, obviously this has got a leg to stand on because the state just doesn't walk into a company and go, hey, we're going to sue you. So I, you can put out all the damage control you want, but... Uh, you're in a heap of trouble. All right, Alex. So, you know, I think Roe hit the nail on the head, everything she said. Obviously, these are very deep-seated problems at Activision. And, and as she said, you know, not just Activision and the video game community as a whole. I mean, there is a reason that, you know, it's not just like you hear like like women who play video games, them getting harassed by people online. Like video games... As much as we've seen improvement with, you know, representation and characters and stuff like that, and a lot of that is, you know, for some people, is to just sell games. It's like, hey, look at how prov- how progressive we are with these characters. We'll go buy our games. But when behind the scenes, like, you see women treated the way they are in, in these companies, and it's just like, okay, so you're, you're putting these in the characters in your video games to sell them, but when it comes to giving people raises and, like, paying them a fair wage, 
it doesn't compute. Like, it's not the same thing. So there's kind of a boys' club mentality to a lot of these video game companies, just like there is online and in the, you know, gamer base itself. Uh, but just, like, reading some of the stuff from Activision about how people are allowed to drink copious amounts of alcohol at work and then go do cube crawls and harass other employees, the fact that people were just allowed to sit there and play video games but other people do their jobs, the fact that women couldn't get raises or promotions because they could potentially get pregnant, giving women shit for picking their kids up from daycare, which, by the way, is also a father's responsibility, too, so I don't understand why that is a thing. But just, like, just well, disgusting behavior. What's that? I said, unless they're a single mom, then... I mean, that's true. But yes, I mean, like, in the household where there was a mom and dad, dads also would have that responsibility, yes, too. Yes, dad would, uh, yes. But the fact that he said, hey, you can come talk to anybody you want, that's clearly not the case because these are problems that have festered. You know, the story about the, the employee who killed herself. Like, just all these terrible stories. Like, this is, like I said, a deep-seated problem. And it is because people have maybe gone to leadership and their problems have not been solved or those problems have been fixed. The culture hasn't been addressed. So these problems have been allowed to fester and get worse, and we're now finally hearing about them because Activision has known about them and hasn't done anything about it. So crisis control, as Rose said, is dead on because when I when you were reading the statement from JB, I, the only thing I could think of was bullshit, which was the first word out of Rose's mouth. So clearly employees have not been able to come to leadership and feel comfortable talking because they, prob they probably have and nothing's been done. All right, so I, the whole time you guys were talking, because I absolutely agree with you guys 100%, so just to be clear, but the whole time you guys were talking, I, I wanted to ask this question, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to set off some triggers. I know it's going to. So, Ro, I'm going to ask it directly to you. Because okay. you've always been my, my, uh, my moral compass when I ask you know, stupid questions. Hit me. Is this possible? Okay. And I just want to be clear to everybody out there. I, I'm just asking the question for asking this, the question's sake. Mm -hmm. Just not how I feel. Is it possible that some of these women that work in these companies are just being overly sensitive to the things that are happening because that it's easy to claim to be the victim and they're really not bothered by this type of stuff? Tricky, tricky, I'm going to be honest. I was biting my lip the entire time you were saying that. I was concerned. I know. I know what you were going to say. And, and I'm only I'm only asking this because, and I and I'm just being real. There are a lot of people out there that will falsely claim things just to get attention or to get ahead or whatnot. So so, so here's what we I, know. This is a problem. I'll I'll I will I will. So here's what I'm I know. Say. So here's what I'm going to say because you know I love you. There are absolutely people who will always jump on a bandwagon after something has some traction in order to be part of the, the stage to get their 15 minutes of, of fame. I can tell you that there's no woman who wants 15 minutes of fame for being sexually harassed, being groped, having pictures of them naked taken around and then shared around a company party as a party favor. Like that's just not something that you make up because you want 15 minutes of fame. Um, the stuff that is outlined in this suit, you know, some of the things are, are frivolous that, you know, in a culture, many times we are brought up to just kind of take up and suck up buttercup. And I'm sorry, it's just not, it's just not cool. Like you don't get to put your hands on somebody, period, regardless of your sex that you don't know in any kind of way. 
if it's not wanted attention, it's not wanted attention. And if you're told it's not wanted attention and you continue to do it, you're the asshole. You're the problem. Period. End. Okay. Okay. Just I want to clarify something. I did not read the suit, so you're you're ahead of me on that. Mm-hmm. And two, I just I agree with what you just said. I, I I guess I kind of phrased my question wrong in the fact of like when you tell like a, a sexually themed joke, there's going to be people that are perfectly fine with it, men and women, and there's going to be people, men and women, that are going to be offended by it. That's what I mean by is some of these things. Somebody being overly sensitive. I I firmly okay. agree. Nobody should be touched. So, nobody should you know. Hold, hold, let me finish. Okay. I, I want to be clear because it's a it's a little hot button. I don't want to get grief for this. Nobody should ever be touched. Nobody should, should ever be sexually harassed. I, when I was asking my question, I was basically saying like, if I was to tell a sexual joke, is that being overly sensitive, or can that person just turn to me and say, okay, listen, I get what you're doing, but. Please don't do that around. I, I, think, that- I think what's important there, though, Tricky, is the line of you tell a sexual joke, right? And someone says, hey, I'm not cool with that. Could you not do that? If you stop, then that's one thing. But what we're talking about is it didn't stop. People asked for people not to make rape jokes, which I'm sorry. There's no reason to ever make a rape joke. There's just not. not. There's just not. Okay, so let's let's all agree there. Like, there, there are... Jokes that you can tell and that people are offended. I think the important keyword there is offense, right? Whether you intended it or not, if somebody is offended by something and they tell you that that is offensive and they ask you to stop, the behavior that happens after that is what determines whether or not somebody's being sensitive or somebody is actually expressing an issue and it needs to be addressed. I think that's where the line is. Okay, fair enough. I yield. I'm sorry, I, I kind of cut you off a little no, bit. No, no. Hey, what Ro was saying uh, along those lines is that you know, if, if you were to do something like that, and they come up and ask you to stop, and you didn't, then you know you're the problem. And the same thing that they might they may not come up to you, they may go to their your the supervisor, and the supervisor will say you need to knock that off, or you got rode up, or something. And if it doesn't stop, then you're the problem because it, it happens. I mean, I work in a factory. It happens. Construction sites. It happens. But, yeah, there has to be a, you know, if you don't stop after you were told, then you're the problem. See, and, and, and I, I want to say that I'm a little. I, I, I and I'm not know. saying because I, it happens, it's OK. I'm just saying it happens. I, I know. I, I, I want to say that I'm just I guess the word, right word is biased is because recently, without going into detail, uh, some of the guys know. I recently had to take some time off of work because I called my male supervisor something very vulgar. You kind of and, deserved it. And a female coworker overheard me and reported me to the office, and I was given the option to take some time off of work. And if that person, if that female coworker would have came up to me and said, hey, listen, I heard what you said. Please don't say that again. I would have been like, absolutely fine. No doubt. Sorry, didn't even know you were around. But the fact that I didn't even know she was in the room or around me, I could hear me, and I said something, that's why I say, like, some people are just a little too sensitive with okay, things. Okay, so I think some certain things like Social Justice Warrior and Snowflake, and there's been a lot of derogatory things like, uh, you know, like the term Snowflake come around to kind of cut the knees off of some people, just being like, hey, don't act like a dick. Be more concerned with other human beings. And then you hear people like, oh, you Snowflake, oh, you blah, blah, blah. 
tricky when you tell when you say things at work or when you're telling a joke to a group of people and you say maybe that some people are a little bit too sensitive of it not everyone interprets the joke or what you're saying the same way because we all have different backgrounds we all have different life experiences and there are some things in people's backgrounds and life experiences that may make them shudder at something that you wouldn't or may make people uncomfortable with a comment that wouldn't make you uncomfortable so absolutely i mean I'm all for if, if you say something and someone's uncomfortable with it, they should absolutely, you know, be like, hey, I'm not comfortable with that. And you should stop because any farther than that, it's harassment. But you can't just assume that everyone's going to be that everyone's life experience is the same and that you can say that, that a sexual joke is going to be funny. Like there are plenty of jokes you can make at work that are not sexual in any regard and they can be funny. But may, calling people too sensitive is being disrespectful and not understanding the fact that their life experience and some of the things that might have happened to them are not the same as what has happened to you. And maybe they've had a worse go of things than you or just traumatic things that have happened to them that have never happened to you. So you can't just, you know, be like, oh, someone's too sensitive. You can't just write it off like that. And, and, and you know what? And just to be clear, I, I agree with you. Like, because to di- even to this day, there's people that make 9-11 jokes and it pisses me the fuck off. So I, I, I get so. that. I'm sorry, bro. I, I said, and rightfully so. You know, the the thing is with with this suit, and even the things that we we saw, you know, last year with Ubisoft that came out, you know, globally across the organization, right? I for me, it comes down to it's a much bigger thing than a one off. Oh, I was just being playful, or I was trying to make an inroads, or we're just joking. Like it's well beyond that. I think that it's you know one thing if you have two or three things that pop up and ooh hey we've got a we've got something we should look at here and and it maybe doesn't need necessarily the big stage thing that we have now but we're not talking about a one or two off thing right like no, this is this, a major issue this this investigation one before the department of uh, uh fair uh uh employment and housing filed the suit last week two years they were investigating complaints that were brought up about the organization okay activision had been cooperating and turning over data and all kinds of things so they knew what they were looking at and what they were digging into and this is the result of two years of looking at this business so it's not to me a one-off just a couple of bad apples you know the way that that some people are trying to play this off it's not part of our culture and we're iterating on our culture no you're not because we're still at this same point we are two years past when they started looking at this and your culture ultimately hasn't changed because during that investigation if they felt that they saw that there was change they would not have filed this suit and I think if they right. felt that you were iterating and you were putting things in place to do things other than the symbolic, we have a hotline that's anonymous now that you can call. How, how many to, to, to go off her point as well? How many heads have you heard roll roll or people have left Blizzard in those two years? Hey, we're hiring you. You haven't heard articles about that. So she's right. If if yeah. if you're thinking along that you know com- common sense, or I don't exactly know what word I'm using, but anyway, there hasn't been evidence to back up. Hey, we've changed. And and when you have an employee that that kills the, herself, like you would think there'd be a deeper investigation because it seems like from all of this that's rising to the surface now, 
that that wasn't taken as seriously as it should have been, and there was not a deep enough investigation into that one aspect of this entire case. And I think the saddest thing to come out of all of this is that, again, despite the fact that there is more representation in video game characters these days, it seems like the video game space as a whole, whether you are a female streaming on Twitch, someone just playing a game online, or whether you work in the industry itself, it's still not really a safe space for you, which is really sad. Because it's like, we're in 2021, and people, like, females are still, in a lot of places, not considered on the same level as their male counterparts, and female, you know, people who play online, they still can't play without being harassed, or even work in the industry without being harassed by male counterparts. And I just, it's, it's just really sad that that's kind of the space that we're still in, you know, so many years later, and with, I mean, we'll... I mean, we can get into so many aspects of society that are that way that it's just sad that we're at this, this place, but it's just clear that the video game industry as a whole and every aspect of it is not safe for women who work or play in it. See, I, I'm looking at Twitter right now because that's where I got the statement earlier from uh, JEB. Uh, I just scrolled down a little bit just by accident, and the first reply to Jason Schreier's tweet with the letter from Ubis, or, or letter from... Uh, Activision, it says step one: send an internal email for to initial for initial damage control. Step two: get public apologetic video published as soon as possible. Step three: wait for everyone to, everything to blow over. Step four: continue as usual. It's almost as if we've seen this before. And then she shows a picture uh, where it says Ubisoft apologizes to everyone who was hurt by workplace misconduct. And, and see, like I, I I used to dislike Activision, and I wrote an article for Sarcastic Gamer when they decided to drop. Brutal Legend and Ghostbusters the video game from their docket and they decided not to publish them but like I just jokingly did that I mean I did harbor some animosity but this shit is way fucking worse like Activision had a really bad reputation before this and then now this kind of thing it's like if you work at Activision how are you not horrifically embarrassed by all of this I mean like I, I just I was I was reading this article and I was just dumbfounded by some of the shit I was reading it's like how does this go on well, I think, like, you know, one of the things that we talked about earlier, right, was, like, the systems that are in place for these cultures to, to exist, right? Because it, it is a cultural thing throughout the industry. And, and we, one, have to accept that. And I think that there's, one, pressure that has to be put on leadership to go, this just isn't acceptable. And you can't accept it and l allow it to be pervasive, right? Um, I think that it is a failing of companies, frankly, just not having the systems in place to deal with this, right? Like when you think about the gaming industry, it has become a multi-billion dollar industry really and truly in the last like 15 years, right? And so you have a lot of folks who at that time were in their early 20s, mid 20s, now going from being, frankly, disrespected nerds and geeks because I don't know about y'all, but growing up, it wasn't cool to like video games and to no, be a nerd. It no, was it not. Wasn't. Okay. To now being multimillionaires, having positions of power, and now being sought out as the cool people. When you have that sense of power and you have, frankly, means, it, I think, allows people to lose a little bit of their empathy. And I think that that's as a whole what you see across the industry at these big companies is that all of the success and growth and scale didn't allow for building a foundation to actually build a corporate culture. Like we went from being 
a bunch of nerds just making a game in our basement to now multimillionaires with a company without the training, the knowledge, or the ability to actually define what our culture is, what's acceptable. Like, I, I think of, you know, experiences that I've had going to different dev houses and seeing the environments walking in, and they were like little frat houses, and everybody was so excited to have our nerd frat house, but unfortunately, all the other bad things that come along with that came along with them, and now it's in the workplace and inescapable. And so I think that it, it really is going to take building systems to actually address real representation and diversity. It's not that you have a code of conduct that you updated and that you have new HR policies and we have another hotline where you can whistleblow when you see something, say something. It's not just that and it's not having just a DEI person come in and now we've sprung up, sprung up some new ERGs and so now we have all, we have our Black Sat group and we have our Latinx group. Look at us, we're so progressive. It's not that. It's what is the action and the rubber that hits the road? How are you actually empowering your HR systems to think of, okay, protecting the company actually means protecting our people, not protecting us from a lawsuit. All right. I think uh, that's a great note to end this on. Bro. Sorry, I have thoughts. No, no, no. That's exactly why I brought you on is because it, it, it's, it's nice to get the other perspective. And like, even when I asked the, you know, hot topic, hot button topic. Like, it's things like that that I think when when actions like that happen, it shuts down and it changes the focus of, you know, what we should be talking about. When I, cause just to be, you know, just to be, you know, abundantly clear, when I ask that question, it's because I know that type of question is going to come out when somebody hears this uh, part of the podcast or mm-hmm. they read the article they're gonna go oh people are just being too sensitive mm-hmm. and while I think that there is some again I, I, I'm towing that line I while I think there is some reason to ask that question I think the main thing is is you can't keep asking that question every time somebody says this is foul because you have to dig into it and we got to stop changing the narrative and actually look into these things. You know, the sad thing is, is that what happened at Activision Blizzard, it, it happens, you know, as you said, Ro, a lot. It, it's, it, it's, I'm not gonna say it's in every company, every game developer, but it's in a good, a good portion of them because that's, you know, the mentality we go into. You know, I don't know. But let's close out the show. Uh, yield. I'm sorry, buddy, and Alex, I'm sorry. I forgot to uh, post a question on Facebook, but I'm still going to give you the soundbite. Are you ready, Alex? This is your favorite soundbite, not mine. Why are you asking me? Yeah, it's mine. Because you yelled at me when I said, why is it always got to be yields? When did that Bro? happen? Bro, you're the special guest. I, I know you're probably going to hear this for the first time, so I'm dedicating this to you. Time to check my social media, yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know, there's actually people that, that tell us that they will not listen to the show anymore because we play that soundbite. What? Yes. Oh no, that's funny. We told them to that's kick rocks right they there. They said it's highly annoying and that we should stop using it. Well, they just don't understand funny. See so now she gets so it. Now, 
So now we put it on every show, regardless if we put the question in Facebook or not. There you go. It's like, screw you. You don't like it? We're going to do it more. Spin out the herd. See who the real fans are. All right. So uh, let's close out the show with some shout-outs. Ro, you are the guest. We're going to allow you to go first. It's ladies first. All right. Well, I mean, thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, Like I said, you can catch me on Black and Pat now. Uh, We are on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Black and Pat. Come on through. Join the fan band. Be part of the crew. Uh, We've got Discord. We're on all the social medias. So please come through. Give us a like. And, you know, join the conversation. That's what we're really about. So I look forward to seeing you guys come through. Yield. So, your shout out, sir. Okay, so shout out to Ro for coming on this evening. Uh, shout out to Tricky and Alex for recording. Uh, shout out to the Rocket League crew, Nitro, Alex, Homer, and even Tricky. Tricky played some. Uh, Thank you. Oh, crud. Shout out to the guys hanging out, playing some video games this weekend. Shout out to Cherokee for being a good sport. Uh, my brother likes to pour it on thick when someone's been talking a lot of smack, and Cherokee was getting a little annoyed. Oh, I was getting a little annoying, or I was no, getting no, a no. Little it annoyed. sounded like you were getting a little annoyed. I because he he dumped it on thick. I I had to laugh. Okay. Let, let's be clear here for anybody that watches either of the Twitch streams because I know you were streaming too. I don't care that I got my ass whipped by you and Homer. What I only care about is when you get a lucky roll and it's clearly a lucky roll, you go, oh, I planned that. That was all skill. Well, I never said you it. I never said you, any you, of that. <laughs> my no, brother no, was your, doing your brother does. No, your brother does. Listen, you and your brother legit beat me. Okay? I'm not saying taking away the victory at all. I'm just saying your brother is annoyingly <laughs> a shit talker. Okay, well, here's the thing. I was privy to those text conversations between you all and Tricky. You are quite a shit talker in there, so you if they shit talk to you during the games, I would say it's because you no, stirred listen. the pot before you all played. I, I, I try no, no. to... I, I, I'm my, fine my with shit talking. My exact words to Tricky was, Alex, you opened a can, my brother is serving it. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting yelled at by Sweet Mama D. I'm okay with shit talking. It's when you get annoying with it is the problem. All right. Okay, anyway. Uh, um, shout out to all of you, Pimps and the Madams of the Hordom, downloading the show, listening, hanging out with us, playing some games with us when you get an opportunity to, checking out the Facebook feeds. We've actually had some really good conversations and interactions on there lately, so that's kind of cool. Shout out to all you. Peace out. Apparently, uh, Sweet Mama D, who's behind me, was talking while we were recording. Uh, apparently, when I was saying that, you know, I don't mind shit talking, she says, yeah, I shit talk all the time. But she didn't say shit talk. She said, I just Where do you think she time. got it from? I, I know. All right, Alex. Give a shout out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire of this trophy horse. Thank you all for continuing to listen, supporting the show in any way you can, whether it's downloading the podcast, whether it's joining us on our Twitch streams, Rocket League Thursdays, uh, anytime Tricky is streaming, Venture Capitalist or whatever he's playing. Uh, thank you guys very much. Hey, for, don't hate on the capitalist. Don't hate on the capitalist. I, I was just using an example of something you streamed. But yes, however you support us, thank you very much because you guys are the lifeblood. You are what keep us going. So your continued support allows us to do what we do. 
give a, sh- a special shout out to Roe for coming onto the show. Always have Roe on for you know some controversial topics, but Roe, uh, uh, what what are you laughing at, Tricky? Uh, no, I was just thinking. Like, I was thinking earlier, we got to bring her on a show where we're not talking about something that's like a hot button topic. Uh, I mean, you know, just just general news, hot button hot button topics. Roe can talk about anything. Always very thoughtful discourse. Always adds very positively to the conversation. So thank you again for coming on, Roe. We love having you on. Thank you. Also, give a shout out to, to Tricky and to Yield, as always, for recording with me. Last but not least, give a shout out to my awesome, loving girlfriend Ashley. I love you, hun. And uh, yeah, Tricky, I believe that's gonna. Leave me to you. I want to give a shout out to Ro first and foremost. Uh, yes, Ro, we need to have you on the show where we're not talking about something you know so controversial. Anytime. Uh, shout out to Alex and Yield, a big twerp you to Homer who's annoying. Uh, I still like you, but you're annoying. Yeah, I was, I'm just saying, uh, Ricky, if you're gonna sit there and throw stones like that, you might want to look in the mirror sometimes. Listen, I again, I don't have a problem with you talking. Just when you get annoying with it, that's the problem. Uh, shout out to Sweet Mama D, who apparently is a good shit talker because she learned from her papa. Uh, shout out to all the listeners, and thank you very much. And until next week, happy trophy hunting. Bye. Later. Bye. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.